Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello everyone, it's Steve here, back for another session. And it's another session of mindfulness today. Mindfulness in running. And we are also going to add in just a couple of other components, or just one other component, which is patience. So this is going to be very similar to the mindfulness session that we did at the very beginning of the Milestone Pursuit podcast. Uh, Seems like forever ago now. Um, So it's going to be very similar. I'm going to cover some of the same points, but then we're going to get into thinking about patience, the importance of patience, and how to apply patience in running and more broadly than that. I'm just going to get myself set up. A little preamble, 10 minutes or so, and then we're going to get into the session. But all the running today is easy, so it's uh, keeping things nice and smooth, nice and relaxed, nothing heavy at all. It's just going to keep it nice and easy the whole way. Okay, we're nearly ready to get going. We're not. Okay, I'm actually recording this on Saturday the 23rd of May. It's the evening. It's about 7.30. And that was the day, or is the day, Dominic Cummings has upset the world, so it feels like a good day to be thinking about mindfulness and patience. So off we go, just keeping it really easy. So mindfulness is something we've spoken about before, but it's got its roots set in meditation. And it's really all about thinking about the connection between your body, or rather really in meditative terms, your brain, with your feet, excuse me, keeping your body, uh, your brain in touch with your feelings, and focusing on the present. There's never been much more of a time than now to focus on the present. And if we put simply, if we think about the past too much and what we may have lost through course of the last nine or ten weeks in comparison with how our life used to be 
and in some cases obviously literally people have suffered loss then you know it can get overwhelmingly depressing and similarly if we project forwards too far and think too much about what's going to come or what hasn't happened yet it can be anxiety provoking and I think we've seen a lot of that in the last week or so where for me I've detected amongst people I coach people I work with and a little broader than that just stopping to sort some tape out that I've applied to my ankle Um, yeah I've noticed that If anything, people are coping worse now with lockdown now that it's slightly eased than they were when it felt like more of an emergency. And I think we've seen a rise in anger, dispute, uh, unpleasantness towards one another, people falling out. it's because it's been going on for a long time but equally there's no real end in sight and we certainly have no clue as to how it's going to look in the future and that's always a worrying place to be so today's session is very much designed to think about how you're feeling right now and it's not meditation but running has its meditative benefits as many of us know and I can see that running is becoming increasingly important to people the longer into lockdown we go and that's for its meditative purposes as much as anything so we're going to build on that Um, we're going to run and apply some mindfulness techniques as we do so and see what we can do okay so I'm jogging very easy through Epping Forest some mountain bike trails at the moment I'm going to stop again just to try and sort this flapping bit of tape out which is bothering me
So the way this is going to work is that every five minutes, for about 35 minutes, I'm going to give you something to think about. And I'm obviously going to have to be thinking about that for myself as well. And it's about the connection, this time, between our brains and our bodies. So we're going to be thinking about how our body is feeling and how it's responding to the exercise we're asking it to manage. Okay, so as I say, all the running's easy. Let's keep it really relaxed. And for the first five minutes, as we're going to start about now. is uh, we're going to focus on our feet. So, when we run, we often don't really think too much about our feet, despite the pounding that they get. But obviously they're pretty important. So as we go along now, let's just think about how our feet are landing on the ground. How do they feel? Do they feel like they're landing on your heels, or your toes, or your forefeet? Where are you striking with your feet? And then have a think about how you're using your toes as you push off. Do you feel like you're rising up onto your tiptoes as you push off? I am right now, so it's going to a little incline. And are your toes working equally hard across all of your foot? Or are you using your big toe or your second toe more? And this really isn't a question of doing things differently. This is really just thinking about how it feels. Try and get a, a view on what's going on. social distancing gathering in a car park 
Um, so I keep thinking about our feet, and now I think about where do you think they're landing in relation to you, the rest of your body? Are you? Do you feel like you're taking long strides, reaching out in front of you, or are you taking short strides? feel like your feet are landing underneath your centre of mass. As I say, we don't think about our feet much. Often our emphasis is on our muscle strength or the way our breathing is. But our feet drive everything really. And obviously yeah, we need strength in our glutes and we need powerful lungs. But we also need strong and mobile and balanced feet. And the last thing to think about for the last minute or so with your feet is do you think you're using them both equally well. How long are they each spending on the ground? Do you think one's more than the other? Is one perhaps landing louder than the other? Can often be the case that we strike ground differently on one side to the other. So just give that some thought. Keeping it all easy. Okay, so we're now going to move on to talking about our hips. And for many of us who are sedentary for most of the day, which has been most of us for most of the last couple of months, maybe the last week or ten days or so, we've been getting out a lot more, which is great. We can find ourselves sitting down a lot and running like we're sitting down with our hips behind us, with our, our bum behind us and our bum sinking towards the ground. Which is not what we want if, if your hips sink, if your bum sinks. It's really hard for your knees to come through and it's hard for your feet as well as your feet sink into the ground and you impart all of the energy that you're creating by your aerobic and your muscular systems into the ground rather than as force that enables you to push on. 
So what I'd like to think about now is just, is your hips, where are they? Are they behind you, do you think? And low as you run, or are you running tall at the hips? And if you can raise your hips up and forwards as you run, a bit like you do when you do a squat, as a warm-up or as a strength exercise, you get your hips up. If you can get them up while you're running, what's happening with your knees and your feet as a result? Are your feet sinking into the ground, spending a lot of time on the ground, or are they raising up, getting more onto your forefoot and onto your toes? So let's keep our hips high. High and forwards. Let's think about that. Keeping it easy. Hips high and hips forwards. your feet doing now. Now that you've got your hips up and your hips forwards. your bottom sag behind you. Let's raise it up. Push it forwards. Get up on your toes. If if you want, keep your hips high. Okay, so for the next five minutes, just going to think about our arms and our hands. What are they up to? Let's start your shoulders actually, let's start there. Where are they in relation to your ears? Are they dropping away, nice and relaxed? 
going uphill now, so I'm just going to be a little bit more out of breath. Or are they tense and tight and up around your ears? So let's start by relaxing the shoulders right away from the ears. Drop them down. And then as you do that, how relaxed are your arms? Clenching your fist, or is your hand open and relaxed? Let's relax it. Remove the tension from away from the shoulders, away from the arms and the hands. in relation to everything else. Are you carrying them high with an elbow bent at greater than 90 degrees? Or are they nice and low and relaxed? Just maybe your hands swinging down by your hips. and relaxed and then just think about how they are in relation to your body as they go back so how far are you driving them back behind you as you run and what's happening as they come past your hip are they swinging across your body or staying nicely tucked down either side? Remember that any movement that takes your body to the side is creating an unnecessary inefficiency. going to make your propulsion forward harder than it needs to be. So keep things moving backwards and forwards. Arms backwards, legs forwards.
Okay, we're going to move on to talk about our head and our head position. And we're going to start with where we're looking as we run. Are we looking down towards our feet and landing? Or are we looking up and ahead? Oh yeah? As to where you're going. Now there are times when you're on tricky terrain you might want to be looking two, three, four metres ahead. But if you're on a good paved surface then Let's be looking further ahead. Let's get our heads up. What I want to be doing is plotting where we're going to run 10, 20 metres in front of you. So you can see where you're going. But also, so that you can open up your Airways. So, if you're looking down towards the ground, you're blocking off your esophagus, making your breathing a little bit harder. If you're looking up in front of you, then you're able to open up the airways and get more air in and air is the fuel for the energy creation process or the oxygen at least <coughs> so where are we looking? in an ideal world we're going to relate this back to our feet again we're looking up and we're not seeing our feet see your feet. If you can, let's look up a bit more. Keep thinking about your head position. Your brain is surprisingly good at plotting where it needs to land its feet quite a long way in advance of where you actually are. You don't need to think about it. Your stride length will adjust accordingly for potholes 
manhole covers, curbs, rabbit holes, tree roots in my case at the minute, as I'm weaving through some trees. Okay, so we're going to stay with the head a little bit for the next five minutes and this time we're going to spend our time looking around us and look at the environment in which we're in and I'm lucky, I'm in Epping Forest, it's beautiful but you can do this anywhere and really think about where you are, what you can see what's going on, who you can see, what they're doing and if you're running a boring old route that you've done a million times before what can you see that you've never seen before? And that requires us to have our head up and focus on the present down a mountain bike trail right next to one of the main roads still in the forest so I wish I took a different turn to get away from the road but I've never been this way it's quite nice I've got bracken or fern I can never remember which way around they are on the right amongst some silver birches Big tall trees, thin trees, with no leaves towards the bottom. They're all at the top. Trying to get some sunlight. Past some oak trees. The forest is great here because it's not that dense. You can see quite a lot. There's quite a lot of light and at the right time of day and in the right conditions the light scatters through the leaves and the trees really nicely. So let's keep our head up. Focusing on what's around us, what's new to us the squirrel millions of squirrels so keep your head up and to do that you need to keep your arms relaxed and you need to keep your 
hips nice and high. Back on the gravel path now. This is a familiar route for me now. Of old trees, some dead ones. And that's the young ones growing up. wide path now, trees either side, old holly bush. Lots of birds twittering about. No people. Haven't seen a single person in the last 15 minutes or so. But people provide something to focus on too, what they do, what how they're behaving. Okay, so we're gonna move on slightly, having a good look around our environment, and we're gonna think about the concept of patience, which is a virtue of course, but it's also one of the things that I think is critical in endurance sport but also it's something that runners really develop as they go about their as they go about their sport and their exercise There's one of the things we know in running is there are no shortcuts things take time Lasting physical adaptations take a long time to get in place. Uh, and one of the reasons that patience is so important is because rest and recovery is so important in running. We can't smash out sessions and hard runs and get faster and faster every day versus the previous one. We have to build in time to rest and we have to build in time to recover. And the mindfulness runs are perfect for that. It's all about relaxing, running easy and giving our body the opportunity to keep moving but without straining anything. We're barely getting out of breath. 
And it's while you're resting and you're recovering that the body does all its work to improve your fitness. In the simplest of terms, when you do strenuous exercise or when you overload your body versus what it's relatively used to doing, then you cause damage to it. And in the recovery process from that damage, you heal and you heal stronger and fitter. So the training is essential, the hard work is essential, but so is the rest and the recovery. So for the last couple of minutes of this five minute block, just have a think about what you can do to improve your rest and recovery. Can you sleep more? Can you eat better? Can you drink more healthily? What can you do to help your body's reparation process? To help your body get fitter? apply rest and recovery to what you do and you can apply patience to your training okay and now into the last five minutes of today's session we're just going to think now about how we can apply patience across the rest of your life. So that concept of looking after your body, giving it rest, allowing you to recover, how can you apply that to your brain? temptation in many of our lives is to work hard, to push through, especially now, you know, feel guilty for not working, for not looking after our children, for not 
doing DIY, for not looking after the garden, for not exercising. So how can we apply the principle of rest and recovery and therefore patience in your life as a whole, especially knowing that we've had it tough two months and it's going to be tougher for some time to come and in ways that we don't know. How can you prepare yourself for that? How can you prepare yourself for that now? By looking after your brain. How can you influence others around you? You're a runner. Patience comes for you. You know what it takes. You might still be working at it, as we all are. But we know, runners know, the importance of patience. How can you help others? Especially in what has become an increasingly impatient society. How can we apply patience in our lives for the last two minutes? to be honest. Okay, 
well done. I'm going to hold it there for a sec. That's your 35 minutes. Hopefully you've enjoyed that. I really enjoyed it. It's amazing how therapeutic it can be talking to yourself as you run around the forest on a Saturday evening at the end of a trying week and a tiring day. I'll admit I felt a bit rubbish at the start of it and I still feel tired. But I feel good. So thanks for joining me. Thank you for all the support and the encouragement for doing this. And I hope you get some benefit from it. And I shall be back again soon for some more. Thanks, everyone. Have a good day. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.